0: Got him. Beautiful. Hey, you know what else is playing here? Huh. Rochelle Rochelle. Ugh. I wouldn't mind seeing that.
1: Yeah. You know, men can sit through the most pointless, boring movie if there's even the slightest possibility that a woman will take her top off.
0: So, what's your point? <laughs>
2: podcast my name is Christopher Maverick you can call me Mav and I am once again here with Katia and Hannah two of the regular co hey guys hey <laughs> welcome back Uh you guys weren't here last week no Hannah was here last week Wayne wasn't here I look shows mean nothing to me anymore I've completely lost track of where everything is
1: I mean maybe I was here I just was a phantom and didn't actually talk. I mean be cool because
3: you just don't care about president Bartlett <laughs>
1: nope I've never, um, nope, I don't watch that show. I don't uh, watch
3: that. It's also Aaron Sorkin, Katya. <laughs> Zero.
2: But from from yeah. our feedback, it turns out some people really do care about Aaron Sorkin and President Bartlett. But we can get into that some other time, not on the air. (laughs) So anyway, this week, we thought we'd do something a little different. It's not exactly about a show. It's about going out to the movies, which everybody should do, but not to see Captain Marvel. You don't want to see Captain Marvel. You don't want to see us. You don't want to see, like, you want to wait and see, I'm thinking Shazam and then Frozen. No, 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 Marvel, go see
1: Captain Marvel. I need the box office numbers. Come on, guys. I don't actually care about any of this stuff, but. I
3: think you should go see the Lego movie too, actually. No, fuck that. Go see Godzilla this summer. Also, Serenity, (laughs) the greatest movie of all time.
2: Yeah, if if you can go and see Serenity, good luck. (laughs) Well, so anyway, if you're following our box office game, now everybody is on the board and Katya is now in second place, right behind Wayne. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think um, depending on how you do with Captain Marvel this week, you might pass him this week. He's gonna pass you again once us and Avengers are both right, out. Right, but, right. See, but With your, I with don't your care one about box office yeah. and
1: movie sales until you make it into a game, and then now I have to care.
2: Yeah, well, so right now, Wayne is in first place with one hundred seventy-seven million dollars and change. Katia is in second with one twenty-two. Hannah is in third, with eighty-five, and I'm way back and forth with forty-seven million. Ha yeah I only have one movie I will I will I will crush you all I basically
3: only
1: have one movie. in <laughs> no nope, I'm just gonna bribe everyone to go see Godzilla and then it will be a come from behind victory and it's gonna be magical
2: well but that's the interesting thing and I wanted to I want to definitely talk about the box office this week because this week we're not talking about the game so much but we're talking about the idea of going out to the theater going out to the box office which you should do when Frozen comes out <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Uh, no, or, no or cheating, actually, Spider Man,
3: Spider Man.
2: Oh my god. Well, so here's my thought though I have actually go see lots of movies, and I did see Captain Marvel, and I might even go see it again. So I've put money in Katia's box office, yes. and um, I love going out to the movies, but it turns out people don't necessarily love to go out to the movies as much in 2019 because we have streaming. And we thought we'd talk about that this week. And since Wayne's not here, I brought a guest with me this week. This is my friend, AJ Ortega. Hey, AJ. What's up, Mav? <laughs> AJ, I know from PCA originally, like many of our other guests, but from the conference circuit. And, you know, tell them about yourself. You're an academic as well. Yeah. And so my
4: background is I'm creative writer. So I always just say generically, I'm a writer. That way I can just kind of a catch all kind of thing. But specifically, um, yeah, I do the pop culture studies, uh, Mexican-American studies. Um, that's kind of my, my angle on everything. Love, love pop culture stuff, which is why we connect. Map took me to a comic book store, which was pretty dope, and I spent some money because I got to touch the books, right? And so <laughs> when you're shopping on Amazon, you don't get to do that. And so that was a cool experience. So we have a lot of overlapping interests, and so, uh, yeah, and being invited on here was, was mm-hmm. super cool in our, our, our conversation pre the podcast. <laughs> I'll just say, you know, on, on the record, I, I, Aaron Sorkin, I'll take it or leave him. I, I, I'm, I'm indifferent when it comes to Aaron Sorkin, so that's kind of, that's kind of my position there. But yeah, so so we run into each other through the pop culture conference and overlapping interests in that regard. So,
1: and now you're going to get all the Twitter bros <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll get you down. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I love Aaron Sorkin. I just don't care for the West Wing.
1: So
2: <laughs> <laughs> West Wing is the best no wing. No real opinion. I actually have no real opinion. I, he wrote one of my favorite movies. He wrote uh, *A Few Good Men*, which is it's the you can't handle the truth movie, and I'm a big fan. But. This isn't so much about Sorkin. It's just about the idea of, you know, why do we still go to the theater? And, I'm actually I'm, I'm do a little different this week before I even talk about some of the stuff we, we talked about on the blog, com, Get that plug in early. I'm going to ask AJ to sort of share, because when we were when we were talking about having him on the show, he sent a couple of articles to us. So, you know, you said you talked about this a bit in your class this week.
4: Yeah, sure. I talked about this with uh, my, uh, my my comp students uh, several weeks ago now. Um, and so I do my my composition two cl- I teach at a Salt Lake Community College. I'm an assistant professor there. And so I do my my comp two class themed in. In pop culture. And so the first thing we jumped into was actually television and film and kind of really that. That evolution and what's really interesting. I used to teach that separately. Film would be one section, and TV would be a different section. But once these things kind of started to bleed together, right? Like we say television, but who even has a TV? Like, like we're watching, we're consuming television content through the phone, through the uh, a computer, right? Through a number of things, right? And so I have two. I have five TVs in my house and two in my car. Oh, see, I have zero. I, I have only <laughs> computers. I have multiple That's laptops, you're and they all function as TVs. Now. See, there, you're showing your age there, buddy. There you go.
2: <laughs> I've wanted a TV in my car my entire life.
4: But, awesome. <laughs> and so we have this thing. We, now we, when we say TV, we really mean streaming. Or we right? mean screen what? of something. Actually, yeah. screen I still have something. an
3: antenna on my television. I actually I need to. On my hand. Do so you
4: get, like, stations from, like, 1986 <laughs> or something? Or no, no like, work?
3: you know, uh, because I'm a broke <laughs> graduate student, I get NBC, ABC, and like MeTV or whatever other random public access channels there are. Once I got like the World Cup, but like the commentary was in Spanish, but that was okay.
1: But also, I, I will say that part of the reason I also have an antenna because broke grad student. But part of the reason we have ante- like have antennas is because most of our other media comes from streaming.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: like the TV I mean, itself, like cable, you know, like Hulu, cable for us Netflix. is like both
3: expensive yeah, and dumb. Hulu Or Netflix, whatever <laughs> you have to like wait. To watch like something like the Good Place, whereas you can watch it live with the antenna.
2: Or you could watch Riverdale instead. Yeah.
1: See, or you can just be like me, not care about watching things when they come out and then be lazy and binge watch it all at once.
2: Well, And and that's probably that's kind of the issue we're talking about, because when we're talking about the box office game, the entire the entire point of the game is, you know, it's just it's a fantasy game. It's just something for us to argue with every about every week. But also the fun of the game is figuring out what are people actually going to go out of their way to see. Serenity might be a great movie, but...
3: It is. It's amazing. It's going to be rediscovered uh as a cult classic
2: sure but the but but the but the problem is nobody actually left their house to go see it people um people decided eh, maybe I'll watch that on street action. that's a bad example. no one's going to watch <laughs> so, so part of Mav's argument is that you
4: have to put an effort for the thing to be good. you have to get into your car, that's drive right. over to your theater, have, you know go over to the box office, buy your ticket, get your popcorn, sit in the seat with a bunch of other people who you don't know, have this shared experience with the big screen in front of you right. That, I kind of agree with to a certain degree. I think I think that there's part of it that, well, that, that like if it's going to get people off their couch away from that screen and into the theater, that there's something to be said about that, well, that I can remember as a kid, how many blockbusters were there in the summer when we were hit? there was a handful like yeah. every summer? There like you, you couldn't miss them. Yeah, I can't think five. of the last big block, you know, big box office event. The closest thing to it, you know what it was? Bird Box yeah. that everybody watched at home. Well, yeah. Interesting.
1: But I mean, so are you guys arguing, though, that watching these films in a theater is actually materially better than watching them on the screen? It
2: depends on the film. And that's kind of what I'm yeah, wondering. Go. But, so here's what I, where I think it's weird. I think none of the four of us have kids. And, uh, all, all four of us. Uh, um, uh, well, not necessarily single, but none of us have children. So... I was talking with my office mate today about this show that we were going to record, and he pointed out um, something that I've heard from other people who are parents. He's married. He has two children. And to go to the movies with his wife cost him one hundred dollars. hundred percent. That's because <laughs> yeah. that, he said if they go to a kid movie, it's a little cheaper because they're taking the kids with them. But it's like the idea of going out to the movies means he has to buy two tickets for 15 bucks each, that's 30 bucks is pay a babysitter 50 bucks. That's 80. And then if they're eating cheap and they have some popcorn and a couple of sodas and gas to get there, it's literally a hundred dollar evening just to go to the movie theaters. You know, he might like to see Captain Marvel just to name something that recently came out
1: or he can go just, theater in theater so I can get
2: money. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he, but he can pay a hundred dollars to go see it. The because uh, that's ultimately what it is. He's not his his children are small. He's not taking his kids to uh, to it um, just because right. they're too little to go. So or he can wait six months and watch it in August when it's on when it's on streaming or DVD or wherever it is. But he can he can essentially he said he said I want to see it. I'll run it on iTunes when you know this, the week it comes out. And he and his wife will watch it after they put the kids to bed. You know for two ninety nine uh-huh. on their couch. And I, 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 I can't say I don't get that. That's literally $3 versus $100. And what is he losing though? He's losing having seen Captain Marvel. I saw it opening night at AMC. Hannah and I are both members of the AMC A list program. So you, so you, we pay a monthly fee and then we just go to as many movies as we want. But, um, I saw it on their Dolby Cineplex cinema. So it's on a massive giant screen with sound that rocks your body. It's a, mm-hmm. And it's an amazing mm-hmm. experience for me.
4: Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of that's my, my thing. When I if I'm going to go to the theater and I go way less than I used to into a theater I go way less than I used to and it's usually for something that the sound and the size of the screen will enhance. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I'll go into an IMAX, you know, stuff like that. Like there ain't nothing like that. If you see the right movie on an IMAX and yeah, the digital screen right the digital sound all this stuff that changes the experience that unless you got a really good home theater setup you can't replicate at home right you just it's just you can't replicate that part and it's sensory and that's part of what i would consider my separation like i won't go watch a comedy at the theater i can laugh at home you Mm -hmm. know i you know i'm not going to watch a heady documentary at the theater I don't see the point, you know, but the best movie going experience I ever had was watching Independence Day in the theater, Jurassic Park in the theater. Right. Way different. Way different. You know, and and again, because my share was shaking when 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 the T-Rex showed up. Right. And I I think that that you can't separate that from the movie experience like that helps you take the ride.
3: I mean, another thing that. We are missing here is, you know, the experience of watching with a big audience. You, right. Even if you have a nice home theater, you cannot fit mm-hmm. like a hundred people into your house. So right. uh, one of the best movie theater experiences I had was going to go see Get Out a couple of years ago when it came right. out in theaters because it was a crowd theater and the way the audience reacted to the film, especially the end. Uh, the same thing with like movies like Inception, where there's a big mm-hmm. twist and you can hear everyone reacting to the twist. I mean, honestly, like you say, you don't want to go see a comedy, but because I'm a member of AMCA list and I mm-hmm. pay, you know, the $20 a month to go see three movies a week, uh, Josh and I went to go see What Men Want recently uh, on opening mm-hmm. night, and the theater was fairly crowded. And it was just more fun to watch that in a theater than it would be at home. Um, There's just yep. something to the audience experience. And, and, you know, I think that even though uh, you you cited that, you know, in the blog that a lot of people seem to say they prefer watching movies at home, box office revenue goes up and up and up every year. And that's not just because of inflation.
2: It's partly inflation, but it is also people are going to movies more than people think, at least the tentpole ones they are.
3: (laughs) I I mean, that's another thing to consider, right? Like the fact that like Marvel has like three big movies a year, Disney is putting out new versions of the lion King that everyone's going to go to, even if we roll our eyes about it, uh, star Wars, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera.
1: So I guess like maybe I'm the outlier in that. I think I did to say of the four of us, I am the least of a film nerd. Um, <laughs> Like film and TV are just not my primary sort of like media consumption, uh, like to say the least. And I mean, I agree with the idea of like when I think of the movies that I will go and see in the theaters, like it is partially the idea of like the sound and the, and the giant screen and how that affects the film. But if I'm honest, like for me, it's not like the films I go and see, it's not that. And it's also not entirely having the audience. It's the question of whether or not, it's a film I want to talk about with people. Right. So like the, like the most recent film I went and saw, not super recent, um, was the favorite actually. Mm-hmm. And that was basically for me, it was really fun because basically I went with a bunch of Victorian early modern scholars who like nerd out about this Nerds. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. okay, Giant okay, it. <laughs> and it was, and it was basically like we all went together cause we wanted to nerd out about the movie. And I mean, there was like an element of the audience, uh, sort of enjoyment because we caught a bunch of nerd jokes <laughs> no one else in the theater knew what was going on and at one point like this older woman turned around and looked at us and she was like who are these people uh which that was like kind which of you enjoyable. could not get
4: that experience at, home. <laughs> it like, it you know, experience
1: at home but for me it was like it was the idea that we had a group of 10 people that went and saw the movie mm-hmm. and that was the thing i found valuable and i will also say that this is the group of 10 people that i often we have movie nights at each other's houses right hmm and so I guess the question is if what we're talking about is like the like if you if you set aside the technological aspect of it, which I think everyone's right in saying that like that's not necessarily true for all movies right right and focus on the audience aspect is there still something better about going to a physical theater if you can recreate the experience of watching films with a group of people you actually want to talk to
2: see for me that's hard and i think it becomes tricky so a movie that i pick about pick on a lot on this show is I, I i make fun of batman versus superman i did not enjoy batman versus superman however i will say that i saw bvs the first time at pca it happened to be opening and there was an early preview showing at a theater that was in the same town. And so I got to see it with a bunch of serious academic comic book nerds <laughs> who we went and we sat there and we analyzed the fuck out of it after, you know, after it was over and just like critiqued it real time in a way that I I would not have enjoyed that film anywhere near because I hated the movie. So I would not have enjoyed it anywhere near as much as I did if it weren't with that group of people. Yes, again, I could have that, done
1: that's that. That's about the group of people right. and not right.
2: the I, Well, I was going to add to that. I could have done, done that. You know, we could have done that on Blu-ray six months later, just with mm-hmm. the same group right. of people. But what I did get out of that movie, which I, I don't think I could have replicated any other way, is it was interesting... Being in that crowd of people who, you know, there were like that was a that was a packed movie theater, even though I didn't like that movie, it made a bunch of money. And it was a there was a group of people in there who were just trying to figure out what they were seeing as it was going down. And that was interesting. I've, I've seen some comedies which are in the hangover. The hangover is not a great movie. I enjoy it. The hangover. I have never enjoyed as much as I did the first time seeing it in a room of 500 people, all of whom are just sort of, infectiously laughing with each other. So I think it's the I think it's the question of, do I want to drink at home alone or do I want to drink out at a bar? I think that's what it comes sure, down sure, to. Sure. And I enjoy I, both of those things. I,
1: I, ugh, I think yeah. what we're learning here is mainly that I just don't like people.
2: I
3: mean, my
1: parents I don't. don't
3: like people and they've recently mm-hmm. started going to the movies again. Actually, I think it might be over now. The recently departed movie pass. Um, uh, <laughs> my, my, my parents uh, were early adopters of the Ten dollar model, so they they got their money's worth because they were going to the movies every day. Um,
2: yeah, I was doing and, that for a while.
3: <laughs> you know, my my parents like I'm sure they will love hearing me tell stories about them. My parents like don't socialize a whole lot because they're they like they like to stay home and watch Netflix. But <laughs> Netflix, they, yeah, they're classic classic yeah, older but They people. loved going out to the theater because it was something to do to get out of the house, um, and mm-hmm. it gave them excuse to go to the next town over because Ocean Springs, where I grew up, doesn't have its own movie theater. Uh, so there, there is something said to, like, to leave your living room as someone who spends way too much time in her living room also.
1: I guess, I guess part of this is also like, I mean, you guys are talking about watching movies multiple times a week and every day. And I guess part of it is also, I mean, again, not my primary media outlet. I think mm-hmm. part of the reason why I lean towards streaming is because for me... I'm not as much of a film nerd. So I watch movies when I'm doing other things. Yeah. I can't do that at the movie theater. Watching at home like, gives like,
2: you the ability to do something else, which is nice. Which, I,
4: and so that's yeah. one of the, the things that I was just like, I don't even like to pause a movie. Really? Like I'm a weird. So I saw that you mentioned in the blog, Roma, I haven't watched it yet. And you're like, well, like you're you're all about the Mexican-American studies stuff. How come you're it's, like, it's a Mexican it's filmmaker? It's like, and it's like, well, I'm going to watch it. I'm totally intend mm-hmm. to. But I know I want to watch it and respect the film and pay attention to it. So again, I don't even like to get up to go pee during a movie. Like, Roma's, That's how weird I am. It depends on
2: the movie. Roma is one where you're weird. I am. If you, uh, Hannah, did you ever get to it? I know you hadn't watched it before our Oscar no, show.
3: Not ready for it yet because like I'm not okay. in the mood.
2: Yeah. yeah, but
4: like stuff like that where I'm like, yeah. if I want to invest in, into a mm-hmm. movie and and take the time, like, well, I want to really again do a respect to the movie and, and mm-hmm. really really watch it. If I'm, if it's something I've already watched, then I will do something like, well, I can clean the house while I have, mm-hmm. you know, this movie on or whatever and, and this it's and that, the but, but there's people, see, there's people, and I, that's weird to me. So to me, it's like, if I'm going to do something and w- while I watch a new movie, if I'm going to mess around, you know, rearrange the living room while I have a new movie, on, like I'll just put, not put a movie on it, Cause I, it just doesn't make any sense to me, <sighs> but I know that's not most people yeah. these days. And one of the things I'm going to backtrack a little bit, because we're, we're thinking that this stay at home versus going to the theater thing is like new because of streaming. But HBO has been around since like the Mm eighties. Right. And HBO stands for. Yeah, absolutely home box office right mm-hmm. the box office for a long time has already left the box office and came into our home sure that's been and so we'd like to think we like to blame it on Netflix and Hulu that's BS I'm sorry we'd already kind of set the precedence when we were like I agree with that. we want the movies to come oh. into what we wanted that we you know that was the promise right mm-hmm. it was well so, the, what Netflix gave you well, more it's not, yeah it's
3: not just Netflix sure. um just any like, I think it was actually AMC that was really like the kind of Sort of like second dawn um, after HBO of like the, you know, premium, like high end drama. Um, and then, you know, Game of Thrones and other things happened too, where the production mm-hmm. values mm-hmm. on television shows went way, way up. Because, um, like, right. Well, the Sopranos, HBO again, It was from like a movie. You know,
4: mm-hmm.
3: when like a lot of shows from the 90s um, did not care about continuity, like Friends the most popular show <laughs> like their birthdays change Ooh. every season. I, I mean, don't we, isn't, isn't that like, now <laughs> that <you're laughs> added, we all hate it now. Um, see, our also, now see our continuity show. More Twitter controversy. But like, you know, like friends didn't care about like small continuities. And now like even, right. even like, you know, network television since lost has really just upped the ante on what is possible are what they deem possible to be um, on television. I mean, Amazon Prime's now going to do its Lord of the Rings series to try and copy Game of Thrones, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, articles that have been out since uh, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones came out that have been like, well, this is the golden age of television. Is TV killing the movies? Because you can get the kind of high fantasy adventure... Like Lord of the Rings was in the early two thousands on your small screen with Game of Thrones,
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's not even a new question either. It's it's a recurring question because yes, TV is killing. Uh, movies in a way, or at least it's forcing them to change. The, for the kinds of movies that we were talking about that don't necessarily need to be seen on a big screen, if there's something that's small, I'm trying to think of what's something that a movie that I enjoyed recently. Oh, okay. A movie I enjoyed recently that came out last year was called Tag. Did anybody see Tag? No. Did not see um, Tag. Okay. Tag is, is a comedy. It's based on a true story of these friends who they're lifelong friends who in like sixth grade started playing a game of tag and now they're in their 40s and they're still playing yes they're, they're still playing with the premise of the it. same game of tag and like and okay and, well, so, so the idea and this is actually based on a true story in, in, in real life the game of tag they like i don't know what mouse i'm just gonna say one the game is open for the month of march during the month of march from March first till March thirty first, if you get tagged by it, you are now it, and then you have to do everything you can to, to turn it over to somebody else, and then whoever's it at you know at midnight on March thirty first just remains it for the entire next rest of the year, and they tag each other. That's the whole premise of the movie. That's it. It's <laughs> it's hilarious. It's silly, and the um, it's got Ed Helms in it. It's got Jeremy Renner. um uh, it's Jeremy Renner's the odd man out there, but I thought it was hilarious that he was. He's Damn the. It. He's yeah. the best part that's of the show. Of course, he is. Because the premise of the show is they've been playing this game since they were nine and they're now 40. And Jeremy Renner's character has never been it. And everybody else is very jealous. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And the reason he's never been it is because he's the best there is at tag. Um, the characterization of the characters, there is none. Like Ed Helms is exactly Ed Helms from any other movie that you've sure. ever seen him in. Hannibal Burris is exactly Hannibal Burris from any other movie that you've ever seen him in. Jeremy Renner is Hawkeye. Oh, my God. That's hilarious or, flip clean or 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 um whatever his name was in in the and the born identity uh-huh, uh-huh. that's not born identity right yeah not matt damon the yeah, other guy no he's just he's a, he's <laughs> he's inexplicably an action hero who just has action hero superpowers in a in a comedy and they just run around and try to tag each other for the entire movie it's hilarious the special effects are enough i mean you, you don't need to see it on a big screen you you could watch that at home while you were cleaning Seriously, if you fall asleep for five minutes, it's fine. You'll wake up. They're still playing tag. Okay. Yeah. You'll you'll get the concept. (laughs) So like, I I get that that doesn't need to be seen in the theaters. I, I get that. And does it need a theatrical release? Probably not. I mean, like you probably could do that on television, but, but we, we were afraid of that once before people thought that cable was going to kill the movie. People People thought that television, in the first place, was going to kill the cinema experience. Back in the fifties, mm-hmm. people thought, and they were right in a way. It changed the cinema experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually changed the, the Hollywood production code went away and became what's now the MPAA with movie ratings because television had different ratings. There, there was a time when television was allowed to be raunchier than movies were, mm-hmm. and that's what why we reevaluated the movie industry. And now we've got you know now we've got television has more stringent. FCC regulations, but what can you do on cable and what can you do on streaming? Mm-hmm. And before that, we were afraid that TV was going to kill the radio industry. And it did. Mm-hmm. Ra- the radio drama went away. And at one point, we were afraid, I mean, you go back 120 years, and we were afraid that cinema was going to kill the theater experience, the live theater experience. Yeah, sure. And it did, kind of. Not, really. you know? like,
3: Hab- not
2: really. But like, well, Hamilton well, made a lot was, of money. I, I, I think, was,
4: think what it does it is right create right a audience.
3: Right.
1: Right. It, it, it radically changed its position yes, in
4: right. the culture. You yes. will also go see a play, right? And yes. yeah, you'll still go see a play. Sure. A lot of us will go. But again, it's like, well, it has to be the right play in the right place. And it's like, well, this one got good buzz. And it's like, well, then it's like a theater-going experience when that used to be what you just did.
2: Hamilton tickets like are a phone. bazillion that dollars. That kind of stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And and they always show, will. The yeah. show in yeah. general yeah.
3: are not for the average <laughs> human being. Um, <laughs>
4: but, but, yeah, our movie's going to get to that I, point, though.
3: I mean... I would say, unless you do something like the
1: AMC thing, I think movies are already yeah, sort of I mean, getting to
4: that point. Because, like, mm-hmm. unless,
1: you, unless you join one of these clubs... I mean, the reason why these clubs started emerging is because it's expensive to go to a movie theater and I think it's worth mm-hmm. pointing
3: out, uh, since we were talking about people with families earlier, that, in general, these movie clubs, like MoviePass, AMC, currently only have singles options. So you can't yeah. really do some sort of deal for your family or even, like, have like the same account for a couple, you can buy extra tickets yeah. or you can each buy one, but you can't share.
2: It's actually really annoying. If you if you, uh, Hannah, you probably also have this experience. If you want to go to, um, so the AMC theaters, you can reserve your seat. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go as a couple, cause, uh, um, uh, Steph and I both have, both have it. I assume Josh has it as well.
3: That's, that's correct.
2: So what ends up happening is if we want to go, if we want to go out and see Captain Marvel, we have to like either be in the same room or I have to call her at work and be like, all right, I'm going to reserve the ticket now. All right. I've got C9, get C8, get C8. And you have to like time it to like, sure. cause you want to make sure like, there's no way for me. Well, yeah, You don't want a stranger next to you. Well, right. Well, and there's, <laughs> if you well, can help it. Well, but there's no way for me to, there's no way for I can buy her a ticket, but, but I can't get her. I can't get her free ticket for sure, her. So. I
3: buy our tickets together in different browser windows when we have to reserve
2: seats. Ooh. Oh, so, so you do it. So you do it on the web browser instead of the phone. I haven't tried that. That's a good uh, idea.
3: I, I mean, yeah. Whenever we're just like out and rambling, decide to go see a movie, we have to like sit next to each other. But like, it's it's mostly okay because when we decide to go to the movies, I just do it, which I realize is kind of annoying for me in hindsight. Yeah. For like Ten seconds, but I'm in control, so that's fine. <laughs> you guys have
4: any? You guys have any like theaters that are like not like the Cinemark or AMC? Yeah. Like um like um mm-hmm. like over in Texas again? Uh, if you've been to an Alamo Draft House, mm-hmm. and okay, cool, that's awesome. So so that oh, I love going there. Mm-hmm. Like again, like the crowds are always good. Um, the you get food and you get beer. You you can do the first run movies or you can like one time I went to go watch like labyrinth there, right? Because mm-hmm. they, they had like a printing of it and they're like, oh, we're going to play yeah. Labyrinth. And so I think those kinds of things, again, niche audience mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, and they're tiny little theaters. Mm-hmm. They're tiny. Well, AMC's like 50, trying to do that. People, yeah, know.
2: AMC's trying to do that, too, with their with their prestige seating where they, you know, where you can buy beer and food and stuff. And they're, and but like even the Alamo Draft House. what you're talking about now, because they're competing with television, they're not selling you a movie. No. They're selling you an evening out, an experience. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same question of I can eat at home. But sometimes I go to a restaurant because we want to go out somewhere nice. Sure.
3: Well, like you, you were talking about, you know, what you can get from a movie theater that you can't get home. Uh the Alamo Draft House in Raleigh runs things like Jane Austen tea with Pride and Prejudice. And so you can reserve yeah. like your seat, but also some like tea and sandwiches and like pastry as you watch <laughs> yeah, they
4: for the movie. Yeah. Right. It's and
3: great. Um, There's, you know, you can, they also have like rowdy showings where you are encouraged to like, not sit quietly and politely. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we have Carolina theater, which is our independent theater in Durham. And uh, I'm sure People in larger towns also have things like this where they not only play indie films, but they also play older films. Like they had a mystery film festival this summer. So I went to go watch Clue with like 200 other Durham residents and Silence of the Lambs, which I didn't see Silence of the Lambs when I originally came out of theaters. And let me tell you, it's 100% a different experience watching that movie, which is one of the only films I've ever been scared at in the theater, as opposed to Alone in My House yeah, Netflix
2: streaming. And, and that's yeah. true of, you know, like Jaws is very different on the big screen. Oh my God. Jaws see, is see, I've seen Jaws like three or four times in the theater. Again,
4: because of these cool theaters that do these mm-hmm. these old movies. One time I saw Jaws while floating on an inner tube on an inflatable screen on Lake Travis in Austin, Texas, and cool. it was phenomenal. at In the dark, and, and again, it's Alamo Drafthouse hosted, <laughs> and it was phenomenal. Yeah, but, yeah again, that's not the theater or anything. It's like well, you're just on a lake. No, but, I, but I think again, was, I think
2: it's the same thing, same thing though. It's, it's this, again that shared experience. Though, it's what, what it's mean. you know. Okay, we, we were talking about hate mail about Aaron Sorkin. I'm about I'm about to seriously <laughs> pump up some of the hate mail and hate tweets here. Rocky Horror Picture Show is an awful movie. It's really bad. If you actually like Rocky Horror Picture Show, you're wrong. Okay, you don't. It's <laughs> garbage. You like Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> for the experience of the Rocky Horror picture show. I defy you to sit at home and watch Rocky Horror for fun. <laughs> Maybe you do, <laughs> something's wrong with you that's not like there's just no point. It's a shitty well, even, movie.
1: I mean even sure. if like <laughs> even if you do enjoy that movie. I mean so I'm from Portland originally. Like the the culture of like insane stuff that goes around cult movies especially Rocky Horror like even if you enjoy those movies separately Mm -hmm. the reason you love them is Is, because of those events.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Mm -hmm. so I understand Mm -hmm. that. And I, and now the question is, do all movies need to be that because I will grant that people are going to go see Infinity War on the big screen I get why that's going to happen you know it, we're, we're looking at it as a visual cinematic experience two years ago I saw the new Blade Runner the Blade Runner sequel nobody else did you were wrong you should have it it was gorgeous it's absolutely beautiful and that was, I,
1: that was actually a movie I was really excited to see
2: in theaters yeah I and, oh. and I've since watched it at home I, I actually enjoyed that movie I thought it was about six hours too short, but um, <laughs> it, or an hour too long. It, it, it's weird. It's like three <laughs> hours long, and it's it and it, it's real slow. And it probably should have been a miniseries instead of just one. So, like maybe that was better for television. But visually, it couldn't <laughs> be on TV. It was. It's just beautiful. It needs to be. It that picture needs to be eighteen feet high. Sure. I, I
3: kind of want to go back to something though, um, yeah. which is you know we talked about some of the theater experiences you can now get that you can't get at home, um, or that are just weird and fun at places like Alamo draft house, but not everywhere has an Alamo draft house. Mm-hmm. Not everywhere mm-hmm. has a theater. As I said, uh, my hometown can't support one. We have to drive like 20 minutes to get to the theater. My parents grew up, in, like, rural Mississippi, I think their closest theater was in Mobile, 45 minutes away. Uh, when they went on a date to see the original Star Wars, it was a big deal um, to, you know, just get there. Part of the reason we did this show in the first place is Steven Spielberg has made some comments about Netflix yes. and streaming. Right, right, right. Netflix- and
2: Well, he maybe made them. We're not sure anymore. Uh, yeah, and ne- <laughs> That story's gotten weird, but yes. And Netflix
3: hit back and said, yes. uh, we love cinema. Here are some things we also love. Um, this is a tweet at Netflix film. Uh, access for people who can't always afford or live in towns without theaters. Letting everyone everywhere enjoy releases at the same time. Giving filmmakers more ways to share art. These things are not mutually exclusive, which far be it for me to take a side in a fight between a lot of people who make a lot of money. Uh,
2: <laughs> yes uh, for steven Spielberg with his bajillion dollars that's right Poor oh, yeah, oh, yeah. netflix well, at, with their bajillion dollars but yes like,
3: netflix makes an excellent point because as someone who grew up in a state where not everyone has a theater in their hometown that's easily accessible or if you do if you want to go see a movie like call me by your name You're probably Mm -hmm. not going to get to go see Call Me By Your Name. You're going to get to go see, like, the newest Marvel movie because that's at the top of the box office.
2: Right, sure. So just to talk about one of your favorite movies that we've talked about recently, The Favorite. The Favorite is never going to play... In you know backwater Mississippi or whatever the name of your town was like it's not gonna like the little town with only one theater they're not wasting a screen on on that actually
3: Deiberville yeah. is did play the favorite for a second I think really well it's like for how long I, I I'm not <laughs> it it one second they, yes. they do get independent films because it's like a grand theater which is a chain across the south like
2: okay I mean,
1: so. it is still like a niche film that didn't show everywhere yes. though.
2: But, yeah, but um, Netflix made Roma Roma wasn't going to make it to whether Spielberg actually said what he what he maybe said or not. The sentiment is still there. Some people are upset that well, should Roma have been eligible for an Academy Awards when it was only in theaters for a week? if Roma had been a traditional release it was going to stay in theaters for 2 weeks max mm-hmm. like it was oh, not yeah. good, right. it wasn't going to make serenity money no it no, wasn't no, no. It, it just wasn't and like to pretend it was is is and alive. that's an interesting
4: one but like that's an interesting one to be like okay now we have this additional parameter to you know to be an oscar worthy film you have to have shown that film in theaters rather than on streaming service so mean, that sounds kind of weird mean, that, that sounds kind of silly the only exception to that is a
3: thing though like it has to play for so mm-hmm. long which is absolutely garbage because it shows right that seems like an arbitrary gatekeeping
2: bullshit. And it's actually it's actually a really it has to be it needs to have a an engagement of two weeks in LA or in LA or in New York is that the rule? That is the oh, rule. Wow. You can so um, famously so, the movie no, really, The Room. This is
1: not a streaming problem. This yeah. is a dumb criteria. It's
2: problem. a dumb, it's yeah, a dumb a, criteria. The, well, the, the Oscars are the movie. Stupid, the, so. the movie The Room. Right. Tommy Wiseau's Room. Yeah, the yeah, room. Yeah. He um he screened it because he thought he he thought he had something. So he specifically made sure that he paid to have it in one theater in LA for two weeks in order to be Oscar eligible. And it's Perfect. as though because only LA and New York matter, not you know, my hometown
1: this is why in Ohio. The Oscars yes. are for Oscar. sure. Again,
4: they're silly. They've been silly forever. Yes. Because
3: yeah. Oscars are not, and this is why I say we should never do a mutual exclusive show on them again. Until the, so next year? No, I'm serious. The Oscars <laughs> do not mean anything except what studios spend the most money and believe in what projects. Because there's 20 levels of gatekeeping. That just determine mm-hmm. what show, like what films are in the running, much less what get nominated. Like sure. Netflix has. We're talking yeah, best picture, right? Or, mm-hmm. most, or, I mean, or any most. Really. anything because like oh. anything.
4: Net- Netflix, well, I right? think I think best picture is way different in terms of the other ones. I think it's way more politics involved in the best picture decision than you know the others. It depends on it. Depends on the year. This year there was oh, a th- lot. Depends th- yeah. on the year, <laughs> Well, again, I skipped these. But yeah. you know,
3: like if there is a you know like small film that is directed by a woman that no one's heard of and she can't afford to get it into a theater for two weeks. That's Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not eligible, even if it might be the most amazing movie you've ever seen. Uh, Netflix and Mm -hmm. other streaming services are giving more uh, creators of more diverse backgrounds opportunities to do more interesting things.
2: Right. I -hmm. cannot fault you. If you're a little filmmaker who makes, you know, who's just been trying to make your movie forever Mm -hmm. and Netflix offers you $200,000 to just Mm -hmm. stream it forever in a catalog that like 50 people are ever going to see. I, of course you take that deal. Like, no, you don't hold out and say, no, I have to have a theatrical release, which is what
4: that's ridiculous. Well, there's lots of really cool, interesting, again, the, the, I think one of those things that streaming provides now Is that avenue for, um, you know, smaller movies, Mm -hmm. you know, smaller budget movies, international movies, things like this. Um, And also, I think, you know, even iTunes has a really good selection of like really small little movies Mm -hmm. that are just like, well, we can put it on there now. And I mean, I think some of the best content is on YouTube that is entirely independent, sure. right? Like we can make a movie right now and put that on there, right? And, and so I well, think- Well, we're really, really lazy, not us. Yeah, we are us,
2: but
4: people that are a little bit more ambitious with their filmmaking endeavors than yeah. us. But I think YouTube has some really great, I think has really great content. I think I, I, I have my, my little subscriptions and, and, and cool little, these people have their little audience and stuff. And I was like, wow, you have, you know, half a million subscribers for your, your, little, your little thing here. And I think those kinds of things are- are where it's at, you know, uh, versus, you know, people, you know, loving to win a best picture or, or or who do we owe the best actor thing to now? Right. <laughs> That's what it becomes. It's like, oh, we screwed that person two or three times. We'll give them this one, or, even though they don't deserve it. You know, like and it just becomes this weird game that seems kind of silly. Sure. You
1: know. I also want to look, just point out, loop back to something that Hannah said about the issue of like not having uh, like a local movie theater and everything. I think the other thing is also like being cognizant of the fact that movie theaters, generally speaking, I'm maybe there are movie theaters that are great at this. Movie theaters are really bad at um, access issues. They're really bad at making sure the people that have like hearing disabilities, oh, sure. mm-hmm. physical disabilities, like, like, uh, or even just like sitting, like movies are not great for even people who like have a problem sitting still for whatever reason. Sure. So it's not just that like movie theaters in some ways, I think this is even more true now that like, these, like movies, movie theaters are becoming these really elaborate experiences or even becoming not just more niche in the sense that they appeal to a smaller, smaller group of people, but they're also like, really only accessible to a smaller and smaller group of people. So in some ways I think like the movie theaters are sort of doing it to themselves as well. Yeah. Aside from streaming.
2: It's also, and we, we talked about Roma and we talked about favorite Roma and favorite are two movies that wouldn't have been, heard of you know, but for this controversy, well, really, Alfonso Cuaron
4: is one of the best directors on the planet. If, yeah, that did, would've, people would have found out about that. I, mean, yeah, that, I think that yeah, really no, would have no, been big. No, no, anyway. no, it would have no, been, been critically received really well. Yes, no, you're right, Fab, all, all was, it would have yeah. been critically received really yes. well because he's a killer. He's right. a killer.
2: I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, my mother would have never heard yes. of that movie. Okay, there but you go. This controversy. There you yeah. go. Like, and and I and now she's curious about. it. Will she watch it? I don't know. She might not never get around to it, but she knows it's there. Mm -hmm. And I think that you know what we were just saying about indie films Netflix has a lot of them and most of them don't really honestly they don't need to be seen on, on the on the big screen mm-hmm. um, just to pick one that like maybe people might even care about I was, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine earlier today where she, she's like you watch a lot of movies have you seen this movie Sleeping With Other People and it's like yes I have mm-hmm. Sleeping With Other People is a romantic comedy starring Jason Sudeikis and and Alison Brie, two people who are at least big enough stars that you've heard of them. Yeah. So maybe fifty people will watch this movie. It's hilarious. It's a romantic comedy about two people who are, you know, in love but never want to admit it. So they're best friends, and then throughout the entire movie. It's a Harry Met Sally kind of story, okay. but it was made for like 20 bucks. Sure. There's no reason. To, I mean, it, I'm sure the budget was more, but clearly the the biggest expenses on the budget are easily paying Jason Sudeikis and paying Allison Brie, who are big enough stars that they can collect a paycheck. Beyond that, it's got the budget of anything else at Sundance or or, you know, any of those film festivals. Mm-hmm. So that's worth seeing, but that's never going to, that's never going to play in a little tiny, like, cause it doesn't have Alfonso Corona. It's never playing yeah. anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's literally the kind of thing that like I saw on Netflix. Another one, Good Kids, is something I saw on on. on yeah. Yeah, yeah, there are movies that like again. There's some
4: great little movies, right? And there are things um, that I can
2: and there are things yeah. that I can watch um, while I'm cleaning. Mm-hmm. And if they're good, because here's here's how you talk about cleaning. Whether you can do other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's here's the litmus test. I can put on Netflix and just like put on the indie film thing and be. And be engaged in something kind of halfway while I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. And if it's good enough and grabs my attention, then I sit you'll down and watch. Cool, the you stop of it. doing what you're doing. But yeah. I'm but I'm not necessarily. I'm not going to go to the theater to see some little tiny movie called Sleeping with Other People that no one's ever heard of or on a whim on a whim because like there's no there's no reviews of it. There's, yeah, you never go to the to movie theater and be
4: like, what should we watch? You know the game when you play when you put it on Netflix and the game is like thirty minutes of what do I watch? Right. right. At, you never do, do that at the box office and look at the marquee and be like. Like well, of these dozen movies, what do I watch? And you just kind of scroll through it. That doesn't happen. You go deliberately. Yeah. Whereas Netflix, you do it. The, the, right. the seeking right. of the stuff is way different.
2: Another There's a movie called In Your Eyes, which uh, which I watched because it was directed by Joss Whedon, and I was kind of curious about it. You've never heard of it. None of no, I, I assume no, none of you've no, ever heard of it. It's great. It's a, another. It's not a romantic comedy. It's a it's a sci fi romance, hmm. and and the premise is like. Literally, when they're like nine years old, uh, a girl in uh, a girl in New York and a boy in L.A. or something. I don't know where they are, but like they both happen to hit their heads at the same time and and become psychically linked. Interesting. When they're nine and then they and then. They, they can hear each other's thoughts. So now they're 30 and they've never met each other. And they've just basically talked to each other mentally every once in a while. And then they're about to, you know, she's about to get married. So wait, no, I love her. So it's like a lot of trying to connect with this person okay. that you've never met. But,
3: you know, like, what, you, what I think a lot of us have been saying um, throughout most of the show is a lot of us either imagine moviegoers going to big budget uh, perhaps animated like Frozen Two or like Captain Marvel type movies, and saving the smaller movies mm-hmm. for at home because that's how we judge what's worth going to see. Like, what has the most special effects or the big spectacle or the big sound?
2: What are you paying hundred bucks for? But, yeah. but, but a, at the yeah, same sure. time,
3: at yeah. the same time, like there are movies like If Beale Street Could Talk or um, Call Me by Your mm-hmm. Name, which are small films um, that like are beautiful and. Like I loved watching them on the big screen, whereas like some big budget films, like the later Harry Potter movies that are terrible, um, <laughs> uh, or you know the third Transformers movie, which was a mistake, um, by everyone, including
2: me. You re- Do you really know it's the third one?
3: Yes, it's, it's the one? It's the one without Megan Fox about the moon, and it gave me a headache, <laughs> um.
2: No is, it, is the, the third problem. one, the one with the racist robots, or is that the second one? I think one?
3: that's all of
4: them. Okay.
2: Anyway, um, no, the actual, the actual racist, the the minstrel, like jive
4: talking, yes. robots. Oh yeah, that was number two, I think. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they exist though. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so.
3: But, but my, my point is, like, I, I don't think it's just a issue of, uh, you know, big special effects and big blockbusters versus, like, literally everything else. Um, I think it's more complicated than that, especially, and I realize not everyone, uh, even on this show, is a cine, like, cinema buff, but, like, especially if, like, camera angles and cinematography is your thing, um, and there are enough sure. people that fund the indie circuit so that movies like uh Call Me By Your Name Favorite. and The Favorite make a respectable like profit at the box office. Their budgets were really small. They're not necessarily mm-hmm. in the, you know, top 5 at the box office, but they do well enough.
2: Yeah, Call Me By Your Name was a 3.5 million dollar budget. It made 18 million domestic, 41 million world. That's, that's good. Which quite
3: frankly sometimes is more profitable than some of the blockbusters that epically fail.
2: Percentage wise, it's far more. Percentage wise, that's where it matters. matters. Percentage
3: wise, yeah. and also just like if you spend five hundred million dollars on marketing and make it a big mm-hmm. budget movie, and then only make like a hundred million or something, yeah. that that's yeah. clearly just a failure.
4: Yeah, you
2: well, put all your budget. One, of, one of my movies for our game, Alita, Alita Battle Angel. Um needs to clear half a billion dollars in order to be pro- in order to be a profitable movie. Um, worldwide, it's not going to make it. It's it's running out of steam. It needs to. It it's at I think eighty million uh-huh. US or something like that, right, and it needs right. to. It needed to get to like one fifty US, and it right. needed to make another three fifty in the world, yeah. and it's going to stall. And it's going to stall out around four hundred million dollars, right. which is a loss. No, yeah, and I think Solo lost money. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Now Solo, you know, Solo had a box office run of like four hundred. Million dollars, yeah, and they lost money,
4: yeah. And I don't think you know, I don't think any of us would would equate the artistic merit to like box office dollar signs, obviously, you know, because sure. there was like again, because these movies that cost nothing are uh on Netflix. I saw, um, did you watch Tangerine? No, it's, in my, in it's my phenomenal. Camera. Phenomenal. Okay. Phenomenal. Um, and again, that costs two cents to make it. <laughs> and it's so well acted. Mm-hmm. And I believe all amateur actors mm-hmm. are mostly. Looks very LA, very authentic. It looks good. And it was shot with like iPhone 5s or something. Yeah, I've like yeah, heard about right? it. So, yeah, I'm, look, it, I'm looking forward it to good it. Good little movie. Mm-hmm. And again, one of those where they're just like, Hey, I kinda heard about this. Not really heard about it, but it was getting a little critical buzz, and I was like, let me throw that one on. And I was look. It was mm-hmm. and so that's one of those worlds and again
2: cost nothing mm-hmm. yeah Groove is a movie that's one of my favorites this is cool. three years old groove it's its shot at a rave it's literally oh, cool. I mean like it's it's literally I, I'm sure the budget if, if the budget's a hundred thousand dollars I'm I'm a yeah yeah cool yeah so, I mean, I want to turn to what Hannah was saying. Though. Like, I, do you need to see Call Me By Your Name in the theater or is it more important that you see or, or to see Moonlight Moonlight won Best Picture? But do you need to see Moonlight in the theater? No, I, I don't think you do.
4: Well, I think it probably still has the same emotional weight either way. Right. Because yeah. Again,
2: that's, that the movie's trying
4: to achieve something different than Transformers 3, I think, you know. And so, I think. <laughs> I think that's an understatement. <laughs> um, I, I think, I the think first
3: time that moonlighting Transformers three. We going ever to see Moonlight in theaters but. is a much better use of your time than going to see Transformers three. Uh, I, I would sure.
2: argue that going to the bathroom is a much better use of your time than going to see Transformers three. <laughs> <laughs> but like, well, I think. I think what I mean
4: again, and to me, my real answer is. Well, I go to the theater for certain things and I stay at home for certain things. Right. And it's one of those things where uh, part of it does come to, you know, matter of personal preference and things like that. Um, I do. Sometimes I'm like, man, I used to go to the movies three or four times a week. I used to go sometimes used to go two in a day so to do double headers with my friends, you know, double features rather. And, and I just don't feel compelled to. You I got just old, don't feel, you went to grad school. Yeah. Well, maybe, well, <laughs> maybe just, just maybe that's just life. maybe I am just old and grad school and all that stuff mm-hmm. was traumatizing. So I can't drop, you know, 30 bucks at the movies anymore. Maybe that's it. But but yeah, so sometimes I'm like, well, I do want to you know, I do want to binge on a new show for three or four hours. You can only do that one way, you know. But that's that's you know that's what you're seeking that that day or whatever kind of entertainment you're looking for.
3: You know, actually, sometimes movie theaters now will play a couple episodes or whatever of a popular show. Um, the, it'll be like a limited release in theaters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and you know they or like double yeah, features. Uh, you mm. know the the marathons of all the Marvel movies when the new Marvel movie comes out. Um, I'm so afraid of those yeah I, 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 I will not be participating or you know they, they have special events like, I'm afraid around. of this I'm less afraid of that marathon
1: I'm more afraid of the people that go to them um,
2: <laughs> I don't there are 21 Marvel movies they are two hours long each that's 42 hours. In a in a movie theater with people who probably didn't bathe before they went there.
1: Right <laughs> hey, again, I am more afraid of the people that go to those marathons.
2: <laughs> Sorry for insulting your our, our audience, but like I'm I'm saying, I'm not going. You enjoy yourself. You know, the speaking of Alamo Draft House again, they
4: do the extended editions of the Lord of the Rings, and then they serve you like the eight meals or whatever. Like throughout, okay. the, well, you know, it's like a hundred dollar ticket, but you're there for 12 hours and you eat several. Th- and I was like, Oh, that's one of so, those okay, so, so crazy. So, so
2: that's, so that's, a, that's a question. Here, <laughs> no, I think that's a really good example. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so even before streams, if we're talking about the Lord of the Rings, I enjoyed the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, okay. I am, Big fan. I am what you would call a geek. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy those films. You? Yes. <laughs> um, Never, How, yeah, however, and maybe controversial, I think that the Lord of the Rings theatrical cut 100% was absolutely what you want to put in the theater. The six hour oh, cut, yeah. or and, and <laughs> they're not six four, hours, four like the realistically, like four they're four. The four hour cuts of Lord of the Rings, and I, I understand that they have played them in theaters, I understand that people have enjoyed them. That is the wrong decision. <laughs> to as as a release i don't you know as a fan i don't want to watch them watch them there yeah, I now, like, I mean, like, realistically, I, w- I want to be able to go to the bathroom. There's a handful of movies like that where I'm like, no, the theatrical cut is
4: better than the extended or director's mm-hmm. cut or something. There's a handful of movies, um, Exorcist being my number one pick. I was like, no, the theatrical cut is perfectly paced mm-hmm. when you get the DVD with a few of the extra scenes. Oh, look, she goes down the stairs. It adds zero to the movie, though. Mm-hmm. Like the pacing was better. And there's there's a handful like that. Where, but again, Lord of the Rings, certainly one of them.
2: Yeah. And, and it's and it's again, it's not that I dislike it. I've watched the longer cuts uh i've watched a yeah, watch long yeah you know but like it's not if i'm going to do that i need to be comfortable and at home in a way that i that i probably don't right because that one i am gonna have to possibly and, yeah. Pee, and yeah i mean it's the same thing well it's <laughs> so because realistically I, I mean i talk about it like it's uh, like it's a movie but if i things that i binge on netflix that are television series you talked earlier katia about like tv being different now you know 100%. uh you know, I might sit down and you know, I I'll, I haven't started watching the next season of The Punisher yet. I'm behind, but that's like next in my Netflix queue as far as TV shows go. And when I start watching it, I probably will watch three or four episodes in a row. That's a that's you know that's an hour that's four hours commitment, three four hours commitment. But I'll stop between them. I'll go get a beer. I'll you know I'll go to the bathroom. Sure. I'll, I'll go make myself a snack. You know whatever. So. You know, the first PCA conference I went to was because of
4: streaming Mm -hmm. because Lost was in its like, Fifth season or fourth or fifth. And I was like, everybody was talking about it because they would have lost watch parties. And I was like, I guess I want to be in on this. And they had just put them all on Netflix. So I watched them like, I watched seasons one through three or four, like in a, <laughs> a few days. And then I started to watch it live and I wrote my first PCA paper on Lost. There's no way Hannah hasn't done that. I, <laughs>
3: look. Um, I love I, that show. I love oh my it God. So the much. show makes me cry. Uh, every, like, oh, yes. Uh, I, I've seen Lost probably more times than I can count and should admit to even if I could count um part of the reason is because I started watching it by myself and then I got my family caught up because we borrowed the DVDs from the library um was well, fancy uh, because this was before <laughs> uh they were on law like uh-huh. Netflix streaming or something and that's the perfect show for streaming because like even if you know what's gonna happen you can't stop it's just like gotta keep going cliffhanger cliffhanger
1: mm-hmm. cliffhanger
4: it's it certainly was one of the best at that oh my god
1: it's, it's like a And meanwhile, I am the one who has seen every single episode of Lost, except for the last one, because I don't care.
4: Oh, it's beautiful. I I cried so hard. I I cry like a I, I gave up. <laughs> I just. I got I, tired of it. Well, when you gave up during the uh, writer Strike slump. Because well, it's too so much.
1: Actually, my experience watching Lost is probably ex- like, I think explains a lot about my movie watching habits too. I watched every single episode of Lost because I had roommates that we would watch it together. I went home before the finale <laughs> and so I wasn't there with the people I usually watched it with. And so the audience I usually watched it with, no interest in watching it on my own.
4: Oh my Zero. God. Get the troops back together so you can finish the series. What are you doing? I've offered life? many
3: times, I've rejected many times. <laughs> yep.
1: I, because I because fundamentally I mean, I appreciate Lost I understand why people really enjoy it. I think I mean fundamentally I am just not like well like I said both both films and TV are not my primary like media mm-hmm. interest. And they are so money, for me but it's like I
2: still feel the same way as Kadia.
1: <laughs> right, but it's like I so it's like I enjoy seeing them when I when I'm around people who are film nerds. Like the people I was watching that show with two of them were film majors and nerded out on that show endlessly. I was there for the nerding, not for the show.
2: <laughs> I was like, tailies, I'm out. <laughs> nope.
3: You're wrong. Sorry. You're wrong. <laughs> also, You're very wrong. They also just kept killing all of my favorite people. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know. But, but to the Bye. end, the end is perfect for everyone. You get to see all your favorite people. Again. Yeah, but so much of that show, I mean, okay, no, we're not going to get I'm into like a loss pod
1: because we can't have a
4: Lost podcast right now, what do we do? We will be here all night. <gasps>
1: so, basically, we've <laughs> resolved nothing.
4: nothing. We've
1: resolved absolutely nothing. I still think loss it's is overrated. The best.
2: But- <laughs>
4: the best.
2: Best. Overrated. Except Riverdale. No. Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Riverdale is the best show on television. No. You know, No, i good stuff, but it's the. the is that the Archie? Yes. One? Yeah. Or, or the mm-hmm. world
4: of. Yes. That's right.
3: It's not yeah. that great. Anyway.
0: Okay. Not this again. Not this again, guys. Always.
3: Anyway, Always. Uh, just like no. the fact that nothing is resolved about film on the big screen versus other mediums, we resolved nothing about mm-hmm. Lost or Archie or life itself. Excuse me, I have resolved
1: everything about loss. You're I resolved wrong. everything about
3: life. It's, over, it's yeah. overrated.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how dare you?
2: Uh, well.
4: You know. <laughs> uh,
3: all right, so <laughs> I think we can all agree that Things are going to change and adapt, but it'll be fine.
4: No, I think the, the analogies that um, Mav made about the radio play disappearing and then TV coming on board and mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, then cable, the promise of cable was, you know, you get this and it's uninterrupted. No commercial. Then we got commercials there. Then what then premium cable HBO happened, right? The home box service sure. comes and then, then they're like, well, now we're going to give you TV shows that are made with the quality of movies. Look, the Sopranos. The
3: novel's still <laughs> and- <laughs> alive. The novel was here before all this also, it's still great the radio play yeah. is still alive we have it in the form of yeah.
4: podcasts exactly. you now
2: yeah
3: uh everything's going to be fine Nothing's dying. I think,
2: well that i think is where you're wrong but i think but horrible, i think it becomes so. I, I think <laughs> podcasts are i mean you made the you made the youtube analogy like mm-hmm is the theater dying? No, what's happening is like, we are going to re- need to reevaluate the theater model, which is a business plan, not an artistic form. Right. Like the idea of right. like you, you said, there are, there's great content on YouTube. There are great radio shows on the internet. We're on one right now. Best, yeah. You know, but, but I mean, they, like mm-hmm. those things happen still 100%. just because you cannot put them in, in the you know under the control of a tight-knit if Spielberg has a problem with it, mm-hmm. it's because the world that created Spielberg does not exist. Spielberg is a studio system. He came out of the out of the studio right. system world mm-hmm. in a way that even Lucas didn't. Lucas right. And again, his it's way Spielberg there, you
4: know. is again we've talked about the movie going experience like he's responsible largely for the blockbuster. Right. And right. I'm a fan. I'm not trying I'm
2: not even I mean I am a huge Spielberg fan, exactly. but he's not everybody gets to be Steven Spielberg are not. Yeah. And yeah. And even not, most people don't even get, get to come close. Like the idea that, you know, that you shouldn't be able to tell your story in a format that, you know, like Netflix is, gives voices to people who would otherwise not be able to to tell their story. If Netflix wants to offer me a deal, I'm here. You know, I'll, I'll take it.
1: Well, I think, I mean, I think that's the thing that, like, if Spielberg is in fact against these things, which there's questions about whether or not that's accurate, but, uh, I mean that sounds to be like someone who's salty.
4: A Mexican giving him run for his money. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what it is.
1: Basically, for yeah, for lack of a better word, but like it's basically like the, he doesn't like that the, anyone who has that that kind of attitude against streaming, especially when it comes to stuff like awards. Just doesn't want anyone else in their club and doesn't want to run for their money. Basically, mm-hmm. which is extra stupid because it's not because yes, yeah, Spielberg is like a wildly successful filmmaker no one's ever going to question that he is
4: so calm the fuck down. And I think that he's hyper aware of him being kind of a I don't want to say, well, yeah, like a gatekeeper of like, you know, he gets, he has a lot he's of He's on the Academy Governor's Board of He's not just a
3: director. He like produces things and has a control right. of what gets made. Right. Yeah. And
4: he's the model of like, well, what is success and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So if, if, right. if the movie that's going to win doesn't resemble my aesthetic, my kind of big blockbuster, yeah. big actor kind of thing. Then how could it possibly? How could this little Mexican movie win? Mm-hmm. Right? Right. It must be wrong. It must be wrong. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and again, for the past several years now, these Mexican directors have been murdering, and it's awesome, and they're just <laughs> killing it. And two it's, two years. <laughs> uh, well. Five out of the last six years, the best director has gone to Mexican. Really? 100%. Um, 100% sir. Okay, so Cuaron? Uh, Cuaron, Inorito twice. Oh, that's, I forgot. Yes, okay. And Guillermo dotoro do Toro. yeah. Right. And so, and everybody's yeah, like, oh, what is this? This is so surprising. What, and I'm I like, forgot, how is that surprising? Like, like, it, it, Mexico is, has been making some of the best movies in the world since the 1940s and 50s, since right. the golden age of Mexico. No, no, cinema, one right? the, no one watched it.
2: No one watching them before because you couldn't. Right. And so it's like, well, yeah, they didn't have
4: access to them. Now we got Netflix, and now, oh, like Mexicans make movies. Well, yeah, we always have. Mm-hmm. Here's a little bit of trivia for you guys. You guys will like this one. Like the Oscar statue, the little guy, mm-hmm. the little gold guy. Yes. That is modeled after Emilio Elindio. Um, uh, se llama? uh, uh Emilio Elindio Fernandez. Okay. Uh, he was a director, uh, writer, actor, mm-hmm. model. And you pull up a picture of him. He looks, he looks very like, Mexican, hyper Mexican, like again, looks like the old school indigenous face, mustache. He is the model for the Oscars. And so it's really interesting in a place, Hollywood exists in a place that used to be Mexico. There's more Mexicans in LA than (laughs) anywhere aside from Mexico. And so to be surprised that these guys are making good movies and that the actors are good, the directing is good, the DP is great. Like, I'm like, how can you act surprised people? And again, that's just that weird white aesthetic. And again, which is the why part of the reason I don't like the Oscars is mm-hmm. that like we're, we're holding an image of a Mexican, but fighting for anti-Mexican shit. Right. And it's like bizarre.
1: I think for once we may have actually solved something. Basically, the solution to the streaming conundrum is white people need to calm the fuck down.
4: <laughs> well, that's always the answer to yeah, most problems well, right. in life. West, <laughs> you see Matt's favorite right West now. Just like, ignore the
3: Oscars. <laughs>
4: This should Oscars See there we go
2: That's the next, that's
3: the next Year's Oscars
1: Episode yeah. In which we talk About no movies Made by white people
2: I'm down Or the Emilios
4: We could talk she about Coco
3: Which admittedly Was
1: Phenomenal movie Yeah which
4: was
3: Co-directed by A Mexican American um, Which everyone Should watch And probably mm-hmm. Is a better Best Picture nominee, than many of the Best Picture nominees in its year.
1: I would also just like to point out, Hannah, the entire time I've known you, the list of movies that you say that I have to watch just grows faster <laughs> than I can okay. watch movies. Yes.
2: This one can't even stream on Fast <laughs> No, you've got Netflix. You can watch movies <laughs> yeah, right but now. This one you
1: actually should watch. Again, I have I have video games to play, man. <laughs>
3: Whatever. You're, if, if you
2: don't She's watch
4: not,
3: Coco, you're the one missing out. You
2: should, yeah, you should, you should watch Coco. No, that Coco. really is a... Coco's it's, really, it's, beautiful. Okay,
4: really And again, like Disney was going to drop the ball on that. And then uh, they actually got a bunch of Latinos, A couple people, uh, one, at least one person I'm acquainted with, you know, that they got them as consultants and co-writers and stuff like that. To make it like legit, which is why it's again really this really beautiful, cool yeah, movie. Coco's Coco's this great. Disney animation yeah. has
3: been really getting better about actually mm-hmm. I love Moana yes,
4: too. Uh, if only Phenomenal. they would do
3: that with their live action remakes, or maybe just not remake the jungle book at all, but whatever, oh, I'm over it. <laughs> that's, no, I'm you? never gonna be over it. <laughs>
1: no. I think that's another anyway, episode.
3: <laughs> yes. Coming oh. twenty nineteen, why Hannah Hates the Jungle Book. <laughs>
2: Uh, AJ, thank you for joining us this week. Oh, this yeah,
4: great. good. I'm glad, I'm glad I got the you know the, the history of the Oscar statue in there before the end. That was my <laughs> that was part of my goal.
2: Huh. Uh, <laughs> anything you want to promote? Uh, Twitter,
4: anything where people can find you? Or uh, yeah, it's a uh, you can go to my website. It's uh, a Ortega dot net. Uh, Twitter is ajortega, and you spell the dot d o t
2: n e t Ortega d o t n e t. Okay, that, those will be linked in the show notes. Yeah. Katia.
1: Yo, you can find me as always at just that nerd Kid on Instagram and literally nowhere else. There you go. Because nice. despite the fact of being a new media scholar, I refuse to really <laughs> exist on the internet. <laughs> Actually probably because I'm a new media scholar,
0: which is just, just on the internet,
1: I know what happens with your information and in all of your all of your tweets. Yeah.
2: Uh, Podge Joe Hannah.
3: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Hannah Lee Rogers. Uh, if you want to know why I hit the Jungle Book, I usually tweet about it once every six months. So just wait for me to circle nice. around.
4: twice a year. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Six months or six minutes? Six months. I have some impulse control. (laughs) (laughs) A
2: lot. Some. Okay. Some, yeah. Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show on Twitter at Vox Popcast. You can follow my blog at www.chrismaverick.com and the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we will talk about the topic for the next week. We will give you an opportunity to chime in and give us thoughts. And interact with us, which you can do, and we will talk about you on the show. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. That helps people find the show through some sort of wonderful deep magic that Apple created. And it allows me to sleep at night without crying myself to sleep. And if you do write us a review. We will probably mention you and thank you on the show, because we will appreciate it. I would like to once again thank AJ for joining us. No, thanks for inviting me. And I would like to thank you at home for listening. I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for writing our epic theme song, which is building ever so more epically and playing us out. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Peace.
4: get confused in the movie theater by the, by the plot. It's embarrassing. This is an embarrassing thing to have to admit, but I'm the one that you see in the parking lot after the movie, talking with his friends, going, oh, you mean that was the same guy from the beginning? <laughs> ah. yeah. Nobody will explain it to you. When you're in the theater, you can't find out. Why did they kill that guy? Why
0: did they kill that guy? Who was that guy? What oh, was that guy? he was
1: with them. Wasn't he with them?
0: Why would they kill him if he was with them?
1: Oh, he wasn't really with them.